Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord, I'm glad to be in his house tonight. It's already been a long week and it seems like it's going to be a, <laughs> this week's going long. But I'm glad to be in his house tonight. I like what I feel tonight already in this place. Tonight is, if you would with join me tonight in Matthew 16 and verse 13. I'm going to read a few verses. Tonight I'm going to uh, kind of bounce around a little bit, but I'm going to try to tie it all together in the end. So I just feel like God is just, we'll just put something in my heart, but I'm going to have to get around and go around the, the fence here to get lay down the groundwork today. Matthew 16 and verse 13, the Bible says, When Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, and they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, some says Jeremiah, and others, and, and, or one of the prophets. Verse 15 says, He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Tonight I'm going to talk to us, if you would join me in prayer tonight, I'm going to talk to us just for a few minutes from whom does God say you are. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch us tonight. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for letting us be here tonight in this place. Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to go with us, Lord, through this word, Lord Jesus. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to allow the words come off to the page tonight, Lord Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to minister, Lord Jesus, through me tonight, Lord Jesus, and allow this word to be settled into someone's heart tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, when we look at the scripture I read, you know, we find where the disciples and Jesus, Jesus is having a conversation. He asks them, you know, whom does men say that I am? And, he, and they have said, you know, some of the prophets, and they answer his question, what they've, what they've heard things being said, who people thought Jesus was. And then he asked, whom do you say that I am? He wanted to know who they thought he was. They wanted to know who he was to them. And Simon Peter spoke up, and, you know, and we know the scripture, and tonight he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and he, you know, he goes on to scripture and he tells him, you know, this, you didn't, no man told you that. You know, the heavenly father told you that. And so tonight when we look at this, we look at, that throughout the Bible, we find names in the Bible that has important meanings a lot of times. Many names throughout the Bible has meanings. And, you know, tonight as we look at Jesus and we say, who you say I am, he's more than asking them, I feel, he's more than asking them, the, you know, what, what is the name or, what, not asking for, you know, what the name, his name is, but he's asking them for who he is to them. And so sometimes in life we find ourselves going through through. Life, you know, people looks at us and they have they have meanings or they have names for us. You know, as brother 
Brother Kenny is a carpenter, and they, he probably said he's the carpenter. Or he builds homes. You know, he, they have names, you know, for, for things and what they relate to. And, you know, so tonight I want to start out, I'm going to talk about, you know, Jesus Christ first. If Jesus, in John 14 and, 14 and 1, the Bible says, says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions, and if I were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I read all this to get to this point. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, he's telling him who he is. He is the I am. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth. And if if, if ye have known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And he and it sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long with you that ye and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and no saith, Now how saith thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth doeth the works. Believeth me that I am the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. You know, I read all this scripture to say what Jesus is telling them, and this scripture also, he's telling them who he is. He is the He is the I am, He is the truth, He is the life. And so when we find we find Philip seeking, they're seeking for the light. They're looking for who who to follow and where to go. And Jesus tells tells them, you know, where he's going, he's going to prepare a place for them. And he tells us, and he went to prepare a place for them, and he also prepared a place for us. But, you know, Thomas says, you know, Lord, we do not know where you're going. Where are you going, and how can we know the way? So Jesus answered that, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. What, you know, Jesus is telling them is, you know, he, he's trying to confirm that in their life, in his disciples' life. Because they were fitting, he was fitting to be gone from them. And he was, he was wanting to confirm this in because they were to be preach the gospel to the new church. He was instilling in them who he was. And so today, tonight, when I talk about you know, this, this statement I said in the very first scripture I read, who they say are, who they say I am, I wanted to verify that. I know it's familiar territory tonight, but I feel like to, you know, to get the groundwork, we need to know who Jesus is. First, we need to know who he is and have him settled in our heart. And then that way we can find out who he is to us. And then we can find out who we are to him. John 10 and 30 says, I and my Father are one. So we nail that down as there's one God. The oneness. This denotes more than just harmony or, or the, the, they're not just consent or not just in good understanding. The Father and the Son works of man's redemption, they're, they're, they're all of us one. And, you know, they're not just, just in harmony of each other. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is verifying who Jesus is. Verse 14 says, And he and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, 
And he beheld the glory of the, the glory, and the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. You know, so we, I'm just verifying who Jesus is. And I know it's, a, I know it's elementary because I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here tonight, but, but just sometimes in life, you know, we have to sit down and talk about who he is. Because sometimes in our life, you know, we find, we talk about who he is and who he said he was here. And we verified he is God and he is, he is the I am and he is the truth. But Jesus is the I am. But Jesus is the word that was made flesh. Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the deliverer. But whom do you say he is? Who is he to you? That's what he asked you to disciple. Is he asking disciples, who is he to you tonight? Is he your healer? Has he healed your body? Has he delivered you from something? That's what we sang about. Is he, he picked me up and he turned me around and he set my feet on solid ground. That's who he is to me. But who is he to you tonight? Who do you want him to be to you tonight? Tonight, as we go through Jesus, you know, Jesus confirmed that. And tonight, as we go through this. Throughout, throughout the Bible, we find people's names, as I said earlier, mean something. We go to Genesis chapter 32, and we find a man named Jacob. And we look at his life and, and, in Genesis. We look at his life, and we know it was Jacob when he was born. He, was born, he was, had a twin brother, and we know the story of how he deceived his brother to buy his birthright. He was a deceiver. His name represented, he, meaning was he was a deceiver. That's who he was. He, he went on to deceive his father out of the birthright, you know, after in his father's at the end of his father's life. And we find Jacob being a deceiver, being that known as that deceiver. How would you like to be in walk around life and knowing your your name represents who you are and that spirit comes before you? Could I tell you tonight, you know, we have our spirit deceives us. Or our spirit, when we walk through, walk into a room in life, some people already has a um, what they think, who they think we are, because who they they've heard we are. But here, Jacob, he didn't just they didn't people hear him because he was a deceiver. He went around deceiving people. Everybody knew he was a deceiver. But tonight, you know, when we look at Jacob's life. Jacob went a lot through most of his life as a deceiver, or most first part of his life as a deceiver. But in Genesis 32 and verse 24 it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Can I tell you, sometimes, you know, here, Jacob was fitting to get a, Jacob was fitting to get a name change. And we know the story here. I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but jo- Jacob was fitting to get a name change. But here, Jacob had, had to wrestle with this angel. All night long. Sometimes, you know, we we have to. Sometimes we have to put a little bit of effort in getting our name changed, having that change in our life. We have to put a little effort to it. Here, here, here Jacob had to put a little sweat and blood into this. Here, Jacob wound up, you know, just getting getting his hip dislocated to have his name changed. He had to put a little effort into that. The Bible says in 26, he said, and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, 
but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Here he had prevailed that night in this, in this, in this fight of this wrestle match and to the point that the angel finally touched him and changed his name. So sometimes in our life, you know, we find ourselves being like Jacob. We find ourselves being a deceiver. We find there's something, something sin in our life. And we have, to, we have to find our place and we have to wrestle. We don't have to wrestle God for it, but we have to, we have to put an effort for it. We can't just sit by and allow. We're going to have to put some effort to that, and we have to go into life and find ourselves a way to get, get, a, get God's attention and get him to change us. We look at another time, another person in the Bible. In, in Acts, we find, a, we find Saul, which is later Paul. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 1, and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of letters of Damascus to synagogues that he, if he was found any in this way, whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. I read the scripture in Acts 9 and 1 and 2. I read the scripture to, to, to describe who Saul was. And I know we know tonight, but, but you know, Saul was, he was not a good guy. Saul was, Saul was known for what he was. Saul enjoyed what he did. And here Saul, he, here he was, he, you know, he had the, the papers. He, he, he had the papers to make it legal for what he did. And so we find Saul in life, and, but we, we, we skip down to verse 10, and the Bible says, And there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and to him said to the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And verse 11 says, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul or Tar- of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And he hath seen a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him, and he might receive sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints of Jerusalem. Here Saul's Saul's reputation has went before him. Here Ananias, God was telling Ananias to go pray for this guy, give him the Holy Ghost. But Ananias had heard, heard about Saul. His name meant something when he came out in the crowd. There was probably some widows and some some fatherless and some motherless children in the crowd because of of Saul. And here Ananias says, I've heard about this guy. And he says in verse 14, he says, And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And here he's coming up with an excuse, said, Lord, you know, you tell me to go pray for this guy and he receives his sight and you so pray for him to get the Holy Ghost and you go pray for him to change his life, but God, do you know who Saul is? Have you heard some of the stories I've heard what he did? And so here Saul's name, you know, here his Saul came up in his name came up in the crowd and or came up in the prayer. But Ananias was doubting. Am I the right man you want to send for this? And could you blame Ananias? I mean, what he was going to do, what God was calling him and telling him to go do is what Saul was, was killing people for. And so, so, so we find ourselves, you know, we find Saul. But Acts 9 and 15, 
The Bible says, But the Lord saith unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and of the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. You know, sometimes in life, you know, we look at, we look at the situation with Ananias and Saul and, you know, and God said, you know, he is a chosen vessel. Sometimes we look at people or we hear about people and you say, we have, maybe we have people on our job that you're like, I've heard their conversation on the job and you're like, well, they would never come to church. God would never, you know, they would never come and sit on a pew. I was kind of, you know, you'd be scared to ask them sometimes because some of the language they use or some of the, some of the things that they do in, on their off time. You know, we look at that in life, you know, we find ourselves, you know, God, are you sure you want me to ask them? But God says they're a chosen vessel. You know, they're, they're a chosen vessel. Because somebody may have looked at me or you like that one, one time in our life. May have looked at us and said, well, there's, there's a, that's a waste of time to say, invite them to church. And it may be say that's a waste of time because, but, but God called us a chosen vessel. You know, we don't, we don't choose who God wants to use. God chooses. And so he's a chosen vessel. And so verse 17 says, Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul. I'll stop right here because when you know sometimes you know when here he walks up you know he's you know Saul uh, Ananias hadn't forgot who he's talking to. He hadn't forgot his reputation, and so here he says now he calls him brother Saul, and the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, when we look at we look at Ananias, you know, he because he he did what God told him. Saul's name was changed to Paul, but more more importantly, Saul's life was changed. Saul's life was changed because there was a man that was willing to. Didn't matter what the what Saul's name stood for before. Didn't matter what Saul's reputation was before. There was a man willing to say, "I'll go. I'll go that way." I will lay my hands on him. I will call him Brother Saul. And here he was willing to do that. Now we have a man, the man that wrote most of the New Testament. This Brother Saul. This name, this man that had that reputation. So sometimes when we look at people's life and we look at their reputation, you know, as I talk about that, you know, God, you hear, we, we thought of Saul as the murderer. We thought of Saul as as, as, as arresting Christians and beating them and putting them in prison. But how did God look at Saul? God said he was a chosen vessel. And so sometimes, you know, when we look at our life, you know, we look at people in, in our world around us. We need to look, look at them how God sees them. Look through it through the vision that God sees them. When you look at other, other people with the Bible, men, men and women of the Bible, we, some names, you know, we pop out. You take like Adam, first thing you think of is the Garden of Eden or, or, or like Noah, the ark. Joseph, the coat of many colors or, or his dreams. Moses leading God's people or, or the Red Sea. David killing the giant. Jonah and the whale. 
Job, his unwavering faith. You can go through the Bible, and there's men and women and throughout the Bible. When you just hear their name in conversation, what, something pops in your head. The story of their life pops in your head. So sometimes in our life, you know, we find ourselves just like this. Our life. What pops in your head? When what what happened? What what does people? Who does people think you are? Or who does people? Um, when when your name comes up in conversation, who do, what is what does people think about tonight? Are they like Jacob? Are you a deceiver? Are you like a Saul? Someone's going against the church. Are you a Christian today? Or are you a true Christian? Or are you a true prayer prayer warrior? That's what people we should think we should. We, you know, in life, you know, sometimes society tells us, don't worry about what other people think. But we should put off an air. We should, we should when we walk, into, um, we walk into a crowd of people, we should think people should say, he looks like a son of God. I feel God's presence in when he walks in the room. So sometimes in our life, you know, we find ourselves going through life. You know, the Bible says, that in the Bible it says we, we could become sons of God. Or daughters of God. Are we, are we resembling that in our life? And are we resembling that in our daily walk with God? What does people, th- what does people think about us? What shall be said about you today? Today as I, I look, at the, look at Esther chapter 2. We look at this. I want to talk about the spirit of the spirit of Queen Vesta, Vistaya. She was she was the king, the queen of the the king in that time, and the king had pre- prepared a, um, a a party and a feast, and he invited her to come to the party, and she refused to come to the king's party because she was she she had her own party going on. She had her own things in life. And so here, here the queen was uh, too busy to come to the king's party. So what happens to the queen? We know she was replaced by Esther. You know, we find in the story of the, the story in Esther, we find where she, the queen was replaced by Esther because she was too busy to come to the king's. How many times in life are, are we, we find that, that same spirit in our life. We're too busy to come to the king's house. In the story of Esther, we find that Haman plots to kill the Jews. And Esther's uncle Mordecai requests that Esther goes before the king. Here he has made this plot and, he, and so now Mordecai requests Esther to go in, to the king and, and kind of and go into the king's court. But can, can I tell you today that, that the same spirit off the first queen, the queen's first spirit, that, 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 that little bit hesitant to go in the king's palace or go into the king's court, that, that, little, that presence kind of, kind of uh, had dwelling in that place and it kind, of, it kind of got on Esther for a few minutes. But Mordecai, I requested for her to go in and the spirit of, spirit of, her, spirit of the old first queen got on Esther. But can I tell somebody today that same spirit Gets on many of us in the church world today. 
That same spirit that, that we're, we're too busy to do what God wants for us. We're too busy to come into God's presence. We're too busy to get involved in what God is going to do in his kingdom. But Mordecai tells Esther, in verse Esther 4 and 14, says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Can I tell you, God's, stop right here, God, God is, God's will and God's work will, will happen. And here, that's what Mordecai says. He says, God will, he will rescue his people. And he says, if you don't do this, someone else will. God will just go to someone else. But he says, but, and, but who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for a, such a time as this? And he says, this is what you came to the kingdom for. This is what you was, why, why you became queen is, is just for this time. Can I tell someone tonight that we can, we can sit back on the sidelines and not get involved. We can sit in a church pew all, all, the, all the services we want to. But if we just sit there and don't get involved, are we being like, being like the, the, just a casual relationship with God? Can I tell someone tonight, if, if we just have a casual relationship with God, are we, are we really walking in his will? We can be dressed right. We can be, look just right, have our suit and tie on. We can know when to stand and know when to sit in service. But we can have a casual relationship with God. But can I tell someone tonight, a casual Christian creates casualties in their world. If you're just a casual Christian, can I tell you, there's going to be times and there's going to be some casualties in your life. There's going to be some times in your life that where people that in your life is, the spiritual has spiritual casualties. And so tonight when we look at our life, you know, whom does God say we are? Tonight as, as we go through, we, you know, God, we can, be, we can be what we want to be. We have a decision to make. We can go through life and just be that casual Christian that comes to church, sits on a pew, and not truly worship God. But are we, or we can be that Christian that says that they're a worshiper. And tonight if we look at our life and we find ourselves looking at our life and, and if, if we really are thankful for what God has done in our life, how do we not worship him? How do we sit back and not worship him? And I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but I'm just here today to tell somebody tonight, we got to step out to another level. Because because there's going to be one day that we're going to stand in front of God and He's going to say, He's going to say, enter in, or He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. But what is He going to say? What is He going to call you today? Whom does God say that you are? And as I as I begin to close today, I ask us today. I ask us today, if in, in your life, if God was to walk up to you right now and He asked you that question, whom? Does he, who's he going to say you are? What is your relationship with him? What, what are you, you know, what have you done for him lately? You know, sometimes in life, you know, that's what we, that's what, that's what people today in our society wants to know. What have you done lately for me? And as God looks at us today, what have we done for him? Have we been his warrior? Have we been his, been his, been doing work for him? Tonight as we stand across here tonight, I ask us tonight to ask that question, whom does God say that you are?
And if we can't, you know, if we, if we can be like, if we want that name change like, if we, like Jacob got, or we want that name change like Saul or Paul got, tonight we may have, we're going to have to step out and meet God where he's at. Now, I feel like tonight as a church, if we want to see the revival, we want to see. If we want to see our prodigals truly come home, we can't sit back as casual Christians. We're going to have to step into something. We're going to have to get a little bit strong, get a little bit closer to God and step out and draw closer to Him. Let us pray right now. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.